My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. I knew what Amanda Rockman's creations tasted like before I even knew who she was. Being in Austin, you just get familiar with certain restaurants. Just last week, I had dinner at La Politique downtown. We enjoyed everything from lobster frites to desserts that I really still can't even pronounce. When I was brought the opportunity to interview her after we ate, I knew I had to take it. On paper, she's the culinary director of New Waterloo Hospitality Group in Austin, Texas. But through our conversation, you'll learn that she's much more, and she doesn't even need coffee to accomplish everything in front of her. Oh, and the other voice you might hear throughout the interview, well, it may be a bit familiar as well. It's Alex Rychek, who was on this same podcast back in March. Hope you enjoy. Amanda, thank you for coming in today. My pleasure. Uh, Let's just start right off with it. Describe exactly what you do or what your day-to-day is. Oh, well, it it depends on... Depends on the day, actually. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, right now I'm at Le Politique. The the chef is leaving. He's moving on from New Waterloo. Thank you for his time. Um, And so, essentially, I have to go in there and work with the sous chef team and all the cooks to basically make sure that service is running well, we're ordering correctly, the food looks good, um, and then fix any issues that we currently have. So, that's staffing, you know, systems. So, that's ordering, prep sheets, recipes. you know, in conjunction with working with front of house at the general manager to make sure that we're communicating, you know, the kitchen needs to the front of house so that, you know, the guests have a good time. Um, sometimes it's me coming up with a new pastry menu for El Bruto. Sometimes it's me taping a podcast like today um, or doing an event with Bumble like tonight. So it really is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially as a culinary director, um, I have a pastry background, like that's what I've been doing for all of my cooking career. Um, So I touch mostly pastries as far as creation wise. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the savory side, I work with the chefs to um, like, I I never want to tell a chef like you have to have this on your menu or like this is what you're putting on because as I am a chef, I would never want someone saying that to me because I'd be like, what? Yeah. I don't think so. No one wants to be told what to do. No, exactly. Especially when it comes like a creative like you want them to have a vision so like they have like soul in their cooking so i try to mitigate like issues within the kitchen or front house or systems and operation um if they're having let's say um like writer's block when it comes to being creative like i kind of help them like i collaborate to kind of get the ideas going yeah and if we need to like reconcept something um then I'll talk to them about like what the vision is, like working with the ownership and the chef to kind of meet together to be like, okay, this is what the ownership wants and this is what you feel comfortable doing. And so like you're kind of like the middleman to like strike that deal. Yeah. So you said two things there and I want to touch on both of them, but let's start off with the pastry chef part. Yes. So you're a classically trained pastry chef, correctly? Yes. Correct. Um, <laughs> See. <laughs> For people that aren't in the food industry, what exactly does that mean? Um, what goes into that? How long does it take to actually, you know, complete sure. that? Lots of crying and tears. No I'm kidding. Um, so I went. I was trained at the Culinary Institute of America. So mm-hmm. that was. It's one of the nicer. I'm not going to say better culinary schools. Um, I went in 2001. Um, so I went through a two-year associates program Mm -hmm. not a bachelor's and associates i I literally have an associates in baking and pastry right which is kind of hilarious 
um, you know, I make cookies. Um, so, um, and then um, I just trained under um, well-known pastry chefs in the United States. So that's Gail Gann. She was very big in the 90s and early 2000s. Emily Lucchetti. Um, like they're like the the some of the bigger names in the forefront of like when chefs were like becoming a thing. Yeah. Like Gail Gann had like a show on Food Network when it wasn't like considered that cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called, I think it was called like Sweet Dreams or. Um, I feel like the Food Network might have been more cool back then when it might not have. I don't even watch it now. now. I can't. I just can't. It, mm, yeah. No. I mean, no offense. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for people who do TV. Um, I mean, I've I've done plenty of TV, and and I think that it's great to like be able to teach people because a lot of times, especially with baking, like so many people, like they'll be like, oh, I love to cook at home, but like baking, absolutely not. People are scared of baking. Totally. And it's like, a cookie is not going to bite you. I'm scared of baking. I feel like it's so much more intimidating because... All the little... Your screw-ups are more... (laughs) No, your screw-ups are more uh, noticeable. I mean, if you forget an ingredient, you put in the wrong amount of an ingredient, I feel like it's just so much more noticeable rather than if I'm making a pasta, it's almost like... A soup. It's like, yeah, throw that in. That'll that'll work at some point. <laughs> Whereas baking something, it's like, I mean, you actually kind of get graded by how it looks and how it tastes. Whereas I feel like other things you can cover it up. Well, I mean, you have to be a lot more methodical mm-hmm. with pastry. Um, I mean, there is definitely, a, I mean, there's a science to cooking regardless. But with pastry, it's a, like, for example, like if you make a cake, like if you forget like a leavener, yeah, like your cake's not going to rise and it's going to taste like shit yeah you know and it's probably not gonna look great either mm-hmm. you know pasta actually you can mess up pasta quite a bit but you can you can judge it a little bit more um so you just have to be able to like plan and like you have to be a little bit more like focused with pastry yeah um a little bit i don't want to say more serious because everyone in the kitchens like pastry chefs are always considered like the crazy people because it's like <laughs> they like hoard their things because people use their stuff when they break it and we like to have nice things or we're very like strict about like you know, you have to weigh everything by the, you know, by the gram and, yeah. you know, post, you know, or use the cups and spoons. Um, we're not crazy. We just, there's this way you have to go about it. Yeah. But once you learn the basics, you can manipulate pastries yeah. like cookies. Like once you know how to the creaming method, which is just butter and sugar and eggs and flour and you have your ratio, you can add, like you can just literally look in your pantry and put like potato chips and pretzels and chocolate chips and marshmallows and you just, you can mess with it. Yeah. So you don't have to consider it to be so like in a box. This might be a really like lame normie lame. question when it comes to it. What does pastry, what does that encompass? Like, does it go everywhere from cookies to like a beef Wellington or does it, is it, no. is it okay, stricter so, than that? Okay. So like in the realm of cooking, you've got, you've got baking and pastry, right? Okay. So yeah. pastries can range between like wedding cakes and fondant, and, like all the zhuzhy things, yes. like the sugar pieces and chocolate pieces on that. Then you've got like plated desserts. Mm-hmm. Then you've got like retail bakery. So you've got cookies and retail cakes, pies, hand pies, you know, little tarts. And then you've got like vinoiserie. So that's like breakfast, uh, like croissants and lamination and danishes and queen amon and pound cakes. And then you've got bread. Okay, so... The thing that a lot of people don't understand, even in, I, I feel, my industry, is that they're like, oh, so you're a pastry chef, so like you can do all these things and make an incredible country loaf. And I'm like, no, 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 that's a baker. And they're mm-hmm. like, but you're a baker. And I'm like, I'm a pastry chef. And they're like, no, 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 but that's like the same thing. See, and I'm this like, is why I asked, because I was absolutely yeah, so, afraid to ask something about food that like you might not deal so with. So this is basically the way that I explain it layman terms. It's like, okay, so like we're both doctors. 
I'm a dermatologist and they're a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. You can't just... You don't want me looking... There's no, like, overlying answer. I mean, so we both are MD. Like, Mm -hmm. we both understand, like, the anatomy of the body, but, like, you don't want me to be your gynecologist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) That makes absolute sense. I don't think... I didn't anticipate we would get to that point of talking about, like... Like, I can write a prescription, but, like, hmm, may not not do the job. So you say... Okay. Let's go... Let's go this direction, actually. (laughs) I've been told, and I have not gotten any details on this, that you've, quote, beat Bobby Flay. Yes, I've beat Bobby Flay. What did you beat him in? Pastries. What did you beat him on? <laughs> and how did this all come about? Um, I gave him a lyrical beating. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, um, beat Bobby Flay. I Well, first you have to go through, like, another compo- like another contender. So, mm-hmm. first I beat his pastry chef of 12 years. So, that felt actually pretty what good. What was this on? This was on Food Network. Okay. Okay, so it's, it's a show called beat Bobby Flay. Oh, okay. Um, so you have to go up against somebody to then vie to beat Bobby Flay. And so then I went up against him and I made tiramisu. Mm-hmm. Do you know going in what you're going to make? Um, the first challenge, you don't. Like literally, like when they show the bananas, like that's when you're like, okay, crap, I got to make something with bananas in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like and that's why everyone's faces looks like... <laughs> Like deer in headlights. Everyone's just like yeah. so intent on staring. That's why they always make you look crazy, you know, because you're just like trying to get like a glimpse and like figure it out. So you don't know. But then if you go against Bobby Flay, you have an option, an array of things that you can make that you told them like, okay, I can feel comfortable with like these three things. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay. Do you want to tell people where they can get your tiramisu? Yes. Um. Well, not that exact tiramisu. But you can get one that's like similar in nature, but at Il Bruto. So okay. it is on Six and Kamal. It is an Italian concept with fresh made pastas, the best patio you'll ever see that you didn't know existed in Austin, and really great desserts. I will say, I've eaten there once. The patio was shockingly impressive. I know. I right? had no clue it was even there. And has that massive tree? Thanks to Alex, I yeah. went and had dinner there, and I was like, oh, this patio looks like it goes pretty hard. Yeah, it so. really it has like cute little lights at night, and then like they're they have a really great amaro program, which I like amaros quite a bit. Um, so it's like an aperitif, and it's like kind of bitter, and it kind of sells your stomach, so you can just carb load all day. Love it. Um, so I love that restaurant quite a bit. So you have an interesting relationship with the chef at Il Bruto. <laughs> I believe it's the same chef that I met when I had dinner with Aaron. you. Aaron, he's from Italy. Yes. <laughs> um, the Italian. As Tell I like me to about call that. Um, let's see. Like, <laughs> I told him about your semi Fredo. And oh. I have that okay. So when we were first opening, um, like I had just come back from, um, I just opened the patisserie at Le Politique. Mm-hmm. And I had like three weeks to come up with the menu before opening. And like I had to hire people and all these things. So I was like, make, and I had done Italian restaurants opening and headlined as pastry chef in Chicago for three Italian restaurants. So like I felt like I had a pretty good grasp of it. Yeah. Michelin uh, star? No, none of them are Michelin starred. Sorry. I thought you. <laughs> um, I worked at a Michelin uh, L2O, but I was not the pastry chef over there. I was just a little minion. Um, thanks, Laurent. Um, anyway, um, so I would like make stuff and he would just be like, it's okay. I was like, oh, okay. okay. You know, so I'd go back and make more stuff. And he'd be like, some things he'd be like, oh, I love this. I love this, but it hits you like right. And, like, and so like, you don't have conversations with Aaron. You have arguments. Yeah. Like that's how he works. So he seems fiery. Yeah. So like, and the thing is like, whenever I, I leave, 
Il Bruto, like I end up leaving like this. Yeah. So if you, obviously you can't see me, but like my hands are in the air, grasp like little pinchers and they're in the hand, like in the air, like an Italian person. And like, I'm Russian Jewish. So like, there's no Italian in my blood. So I'll just be like, he gets you like all agitated. Um, However, though, what I like about him is like, he's really good at like pinpointing, like, this is really awesome. You know, this I don't like, you know, and then like, or he'll be like, oh my God, I have this great idea. And like, he'll go into the walk and I'll pull, pull out Kiwi. And I was like, all right, I, actually, that that's not a bad idea. That works. So, and that's how we kind of collaborated on stuff like that. So we just changed the menu, I want to say on May 7th, on my birthday, actually. Um, so we had two new desserts because the ricotta semifredo and the tiramisu probably won't go away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did just change um, two of the other desserts. And I worked on those actually for a good three weeks. Um, and he actually like, didn't have anything to say. And that's when I get really nervous. Yeah, is that nervous or relief? Yeah, I was just kind of like, he was like, I told me this like blueberry granita with like Earl Grey and violet and lavender and he's just like eating it. And I'm like, either you like it or you don't. He's like eating it again. I'm like, okay, like now you're messing with me and now I'm not, like I'm kind of angry. And he was like, no, I love it. And I was just like, okay, now you're messing with my mind. But tell Will about the semifredo. The ricotta semifredo, as far as the kiwi? Mm -hmm, Um, Tomato and... Okay, so basically like, he was like, he wanted to do like this mozzarella dish. And I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not putting mozzarella on a, on a dessert. I just won't do it. Sorry. Um, but then I like started to think about it because he was like, and you know, strawberries and mozzarella and blah, you know, he's doing all these like hand motions. So I went back home and this is like the 11th hour. Like we're opening up in a week. And I'm like, okay, like I got to come up with dessert. So yeah. I made a ricotta semifredo because I was like ricotta like can be, a, there can be a pretty good sweet application. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying mozzarella can't, but like I'm not one to do like shock value desserts. Like I'm not going to put like, like when, when bacon was like big, you know yeah. what I mean? And desserts like bacon and maple and bourbon. Like I was kind of like, meh, like, yeah, you can do that. I was the that. exact same way as a consumer of these desserts. I oh. was just like, I don't really need bacon in my dessert. Yeah. Like, or people would be like black olive. And I'm like, no, nope. gross, dude. So you'll have it <laughs> once and you'll be like, huh, interesting. Never again. And you go push it to a side. Yeah. I want to make desserts that people are like, Technically, they look, I mean, they're technically sound, they look beautiful, they're interesting, and I want them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a ricotta semifredo with like this really, really thin, crisp, like dentel twill, and it's like, it's like 80% water. It's like the craziest recipe. I actually yeah. did it at a Michelin rated restaurant. So we applied it here. Um, so you can apply it into like casual restaurants. Um, and so then I, I had paired it with pickled strawberries and tomatoes because tomatoes and strawberries are actually very similar. Like as far as like their flavor is like one's a little bit more like acidic where mm-hmm. the other one's a little bit sweeter. But like if you put a bowl, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to next time put a bowl of strawberries. I like cut some strawberries and some like really like, like the sweet cherry tomatoes yeah, and then like eat the bowl. You're going to have a hard time kind of figure out like where the strawberry starts and the tomato begins. Damn it. No, I'm going to try to do this. on like This my is own. your homework. I know. So, and then, so basically I was plating it all up and like, I was like, and voila, like this is, and it had some tarragon and some, you know, um, lava sea salt. Cause I like salt in desserts. And yeah. I was like, this is my dish. And he was like, and that's when he was like, hold on. And he ran into the walk-in and grabbed a kiwi. And I was like, I could see where he was going because the kiwi is like, like similar in texture. Yeah. And kind of, but like, they kind of all just like metal together. Yeah. And then when we put it together, we're like, ah, okay. I, I love I kiwi. I, I used to be scared of kiwi as a kid. Why? Because I thought I was going to choke on the seeds. 
No, you're not going to choke on this. I'm surprised. Well, I know that now. But as a child, I was like, uh-uh. Yesterday I tweeted, I said, there has to be an easier way to cut a kiwi. And that was my cry for help, asking <laughs> for like someone to respond and be like, this is how He's you do peeler. it. He's a peeler. Sure enough. Well, someone told me just to treat it like an avocado and just cut it in half and scoop it out. Oh, you can do that too. And I was like, oh, that seems peeler. really smart. Instead, I was like cutting it with a knife and it took me like five minutes per kiwi. It just wasn't worth it. I'm terrible in the kitchen. I need to get better. <laughs> I'm like, I have no response for you. It might, right this now. might be a reaction to my like being intimidated in the kitchen. I was a waiter for from probably about 15 years old to 19 years old. First was at a country club and it was like the biggest joke of a waiter job. It's a waiter job that you give to a 15 year old to be right. like, here's how you learn how to be a waiter. I was waiter. like, isn't that even legal anymore? No, I don't think it is. We like, they, they wouldn't even... <laughs> this Michigan? We, yes. And we did not even sell like liquor or wine or beer in the restaurant. People right. could just bring it and put it in the fridge and then they could take it out as they wanted it. That's the kind of restaurant it was at the time. And then I moved on to a finer dining restaurant, mm-hmm. which like was my, kind of like, I was shocked. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> it was a very intimidating kitchen yeah. and it really like blew me away and I was kind of like scared. I mean, have you ever been intimidated in the kitchen, especially when you were starting off? It was always oh something that like scared Absolutely. the living hell out of me. I mean, I started working in kitchens at 19. So I was actually going to college for film and film writing in Boston at a university called Emerson. And um, I had already been kind of toying with the idea of going to culinary school, but, you know, good Jewish girls don't go to culinary school. So my mom was like, you have to go to university. So, like, the next best thing to make her mad was go to film school, right? Yeah. So I, you know, I'm in Boston, and there was a a very well-known, very fine dining restaurant called Radius, and it was in the financial district. And I walked in and asked to speak to the pastry chef and i was like i want to work here like on the weekends like mm-hmm. i'm for free and he was and i remember patrick o'connor was his name and i remember like i'm sitting there this little girl like sitting there on like the banquet like by the bar and he's like why do you think that you can work here and i was like well i want to work you know for the best and this is the best so i thought i'd start there and he just like looked at me and was like okay we'll see you saturday and I mean, I I mean, I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just yeah. wanted to be there. I remember like rolling bread, um, like at midnight with like all these cooks. I just, I mean, I had no business being there. Yeah. But I, that's just what I want. Like that's just how I am. Like if I want something, like I'm going to figure it out. And also, like when you're that young, you're a little naive to like, you know, what's kind of what's going around you. Yeah. You're just kind of like I'm just gonna fake it till I make it. When like you're not faking it to anybody. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The people that are higher up know. Yeah. They're just it's like, still a good mindset to have. And like, I like having that mindset and just being like, well, I'll figure it out as I go. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like in my head, I was like walking around with like purpose and they were just like, this girl doesn't know where the walk-in is. Well, now um, people are probably intimidated by you. I mean, sure. But I don't, I don't think it's, I don't purposely try to do like manipulative tactics to make people um, intimidated. Yeah. And some chefs do that. Like, there's definitely, like, an old, like, way to, like, the yelling and screaming and, like, you know, I don't, like, I worked for plenty of German and, and French that, like, and I grew up in those kitchens. I don't want to be in those kitchens. I don't want to be that chef, so I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like, when people are uncertain about, like, you know, or insecure about, like, their cooking and, and maybe about, you know, their setup or something, like, it's going to manifest in other ways. Um, so I'd, I'd like to think that, like, Perhaps it's because of that and not because, like, I'm, you know, big and scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I love food. I love eating food. I enjoyed working in a restaurant just from the standpoint of I, I liked being in the process of it and mm-hmm. I liked giving people a nice experience. But I, once I started doing it when I was a teenager, I was like, I don't know if I could do anymore. Like, it's just scaring me. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I've been doing this, I'm going on 19 years now. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I remember almost every service. Yeah. It's kind of, or not like every service, that's a lot, but like, I remember like how I felt, like when I, I walked in, there's a, I, after I graduated culinary school, I worked at this restaurant called True, and it was a Relais Chateau, it was Rick and Gail Tremano, like, it was at, in Chicago, I moved to Chicago, like, it was either you work for them or you work for Charlie Trotter, and like, walking in the kitchen, I mean, everyone's wearing like the toques and the yeah. white and like the like their stations are pristine the dining room is beautiful they've got this huge gear down like i mean it's intense yeah and i don't think i talked for like the first six weeks um and everyone thought i was just like the meanest bitch ever but it's just like <laughs> i was just trying to keep it together like yeah. i just moved here i'm like i'm like 21 um i'm just trying to get my station down because i because like for me you know i wanted to move up and you know, but then this is also crazy. Like, I remember, like, it was maybe six weeks into it, I did an event with the pastry chef, Gail Gann. And she's like, you know, how's it going? You know, we had a station. It was, like, Plater 1 and Plater 2. And she's like, you know, how's how's the station going? And I was like, I plan on moving up in six weeks. And, like, I said this to her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I was like, I mean, that's what I wanted. And in, like, a month, I was a tornado, which basically means I could work at every station. Yeah. Because I was just so determined. But it's... You get really intimidated, but you can either, it's like the fight or flight thing. Like you can either shrink away and not do it, or you can run towards it and just focus and and do it. And that's what I would do every time. I think that, I really like that you just said that. I think that a lot of people don't do things that they really want to do and their fight or flight kind of fails them. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was for so long. Yeah. And finally it was just like, all right, I had to look at myself and be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. do you actually want to be doing what you're doing or do you want to fight for the things that you should be doing right. that are actually going to make you happy? And so, yeah, that was a very and good way of putting it. But it's it. kind of hard. Like, I mean, I was just talking to my mother-in-law about this yesterday. I was just like, you know, like I feel that like I could do more. Like I could, there's so much, there's more things I want to do. And sometimes I feel like I'm too scared to do them. Mm-hmm. But then when I think back, you know, I feel like I have taken chances, mm-hmm. But maybe just, I mean, everyone's like on a different scale. You know what I mean? So it's like, have I taken the chances that I feel were big enough? Yeah. You know? I just always think, I think about the lucky breaks that I've gotten. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for the lucky breaks. But it's also, how much can you squeeze out of your lucky break that you have too? Like, how do you handle it? How do you move forward with it? And so it's always just been kind of like, all right, now's the time. Yeah. Like something happens, you can either get down about it, you can take advantage of it, whatever. And it was always something in my head that I was like, I mean, I was pretty meek for a long time mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And so, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you kind of just phrase it like that. This week's episode was brought to you by Away. They're a team of thinkers, seekers, and designers. Their focus and inspiration is movement, times of transition, exploration, and surprise. They create special objects that are at home on the road that carry you forward, making your trip easier and in a small way, your life better. They were founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea, luggage with power. Thus, the Away Carry-On was born. The approach is simple. They create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. They ask thousands of people how they pack, why they travel, and what bugs them the most about their luggage. Then they designed a bag that solved a few old problems, like sticky wheels, and a few new ones too, like dead cell phones. 
They've got nine colors and four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large. I recently got the bigger carry-on ahead of a five-day trip to Mexico, and because these are carry-on compliant for all U.S. major airlines, I didn't have to waste time at customs waiting for my checked bag to arrive. Not only are they lightweight and impeccably designed, but they've got 360-degree spinner wheels and are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, or anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away Carry-On will charge your phone up to five times. Right now, my listeners can get $20 off a suitcase of their own by going to awaytravel.com scaries and use promo code scaries at checkout. Again, that's $20 off a suitcase of your choice by using promo code scaries at checkout when visiting www.awaytravel.com scaries. Additionally, guys are normally terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of it myself. I avoid going to the dentist at all costs and would rather see if something works itself out rather than forking over hundreds of dollars to a doctor just to have them tell me that I pulled a muscle. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where you can chat with a U.S. licensed physician who can treat ED and, if safe and appropriate, ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is go to GetRoman.com scaries, complete an online visit, chat with a doctor, and if the doctor decides it will be safe and appropriate, they'll ship genuine medication to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked out by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really simple, so take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com scaries. That's GetRoman.com scaries for a free online visit. GetRoman.com scaries. And now, back to our interview with Amanda. Switching gears slightly, I know that you can present food in a restaurant that does very well, but I've been told that you also have uh, an affinity for your home and for doing <laughs> things at home. Um, I, I, do you have an obsession with home goods is what I'm trying to ask um, you? Obsession doesn't quite cut okay. it. It's like, it's like the next tier of obsession. I just love... I just love furniture and mm-hmm. I love rugs and I love plates and I just, I love, I just having a beautiful space. But a lot of it, if you think about it, is a lot like, um, like when you're plating up a dessert or like food, like you just want it, like you have beautiful plates and beautiful food that you like, you curated and you made and you put it together. So it's just appetizing. Like, yeah. I like my house and the space to be appetizing. Yeah. Um, and it's also really enjoyable, like looking for the perfect rug. Yeah. Or look in like, you know, and like there's so many different kinds of rugs, like low pile, high pile, like different materials and you can have tassels on them. And like, <laughs> I just like, my mom was always, like she always had a very well kept house. Yeah. Um, and she actually dabbled in interior design. And I think I just also grew up with it. Um, and then, you know, for the longest time, I just lived in crappy apartments because I was broke right and had roommates and you know and then finally like we my husband and i just bought a house that we actually built and it was the first time that i could like curate the space you know with one reason like i can't buy like custom made furniture i'm not at that point in my life yeah and maybe never but like 
I can create spaces that like I really enjoy. So like when I look around, I'm like, oh, I I love that. Yeah, and it makes me happy. You yeah. know what I mean? And oh, I want to totally be there. I'm kind of a homebody too. Like, um, I'm not as social as I, I also feel like when you get older, you're not as social as you were mm-hmm. when you were younger. Because before you'd be like, go to the bar till four. That's cool. Now I'm like. Absolutely not. No, I'm trying to leave the restaurant <laughs> by like 10. I'm like, nope. And I can't nine, do that. nine, yeah. nine thirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I want to be watching, you know, something on HBO or reading my book. Yeah. Because and like hanging out with my dog and my husband. Oh, I'm uh, I'm a hundred percent a homebody now. I got yeah. a text from somebody last night at nine thirty, and I didn't <laughs> respond until this morning, and I was just like, man, I hope they don't get mad that I didn't respond. Like it was only nine thirty, but at the same time, I was pretty much like tuned out for the night. Yeah, it's like. Mm. No, I'm good. I grew up, my dad was always very into decorating the home yeah. and doing things like that. So I never kind of grew up with the mindset that like guys shouldn't be into that kind of thing. Like it's always just something... I think it's rare. It is rare. It's very rare. I mean, well, I mean, but some people like haven't like, but sometimes it just matters like what you like. Like my sister's mm-hmm. has my, my brother-in-law. <laughs> Sorry, I had to like I do, think about this. I do this. the exact same thing. He loves, like he has an opinion, and he's also a photographer, like he has an opinion as far as an aesthetic of a space. Yeah. So like whenever, like we went to Santa Fe recently and I was looking, I was looking at rugs. That's a good my place happy for place. aesthetics oh and rugs, God. really. And I love all the Southwest things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love Santa Fe. Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But like, I was like, oh my God, and this and this and this. And my sister's like, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to ask Michael. And I was like, yeah, Nick doesn't care. See, I think my fiance Sally would probably skew towards the I need to ask Will. Yeah. I just I'm quite particular. I also worked a job where I dealt a lot with home goods mm-hmm. and making um, suggestions to people who honestly I don't think they trusted me with this suggestion. They just wanted to be told, Oh, have you this ever, is better have you, than this. Have you ever had to tell somebody like that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen? I've never had to do that, but I've definitely steered people away yeah. in the past for some things i'm just like are you sh- are you sure you want to go with that like do, do these napkins and those placemats don't really look that good <laughs> together are we sure we want to do that but they're like re- yes i want the lime green with the burnt orange yeah. they're like, like okay okay, okay. Well, but i'm totally on board with you when it comes to uh i mean if i'm going to be somewhere spe- like mm-hmm. especially my home i want it to be pleasing around me yeah. I, I can't just live somewhere that i don't like and it kind of goes for food, too. I see some people when they serve something, I'm like, this looks so weird on this plate. Like, mm-hmm. I just want like an easy plate rather than something that's like, I don't know, super ornate. I mean, if it works, it works. But I mean... Like, for example, like Olame. Like, Olame, I could see like an ornate plate because it's like Southern hospitality, mm-hmm. right? But like, yes. I just went to Commodore last night and it was excellent. I had a really good experience. And the, the plates are just like really clean. It's I think it's from the wheel in California. We actually have some of those some of their plates in at El Bruto, but they're gorgeous and it really lets the food just like, it's simplified. And yeah. like, I like minimalism quite a bit, but I like, I like m- like minimalistic, like overall, but like I like heavy texture, like colors and um, like fabrics and stuff. Yeah. But like one of the big things, now I'm going back to the furniture. So I'm like, let's go back to the furniture. <laughs> it's like, I didn't really pick anything with like a lot of storage space because I don't want a lot of clutter and I yeah. don't want to purchase a lot of stuff. I don't need a lot of, no one needs a lot of things. I don't need like 13 different suntan lotions or like 15 different lip glosses. I need one that I like. Yes. Two if I'm like feeling crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like a lot of times my mom is like, none of your stuff has drawers. And I'm like, that was the point. Like, I don't need yeah. clutter. I don't want clutter so I can like think. We call it, gr- Sally and I groundhog, where we just like 
beat it something into the ground yeah. like forever until we stop liking it. And so I'm very much the same. I'm the same with clothing brands, mm-hmm. things like that. If I like something, I will do it until I'm sick so you're of it. Done. Yeah. What's the last thing you bought for your house that you just absolutely love? I just bought the well yesterday I replanted um the my my front like plants kind of were like looking moopy. So I went to Tillery nursery and I got like a bunch of succulents and like cactuses and then I made like a little <clears throat> like I got these cute little pots and plant all these cactuses and then named them all like the Game of Thrones characters that I <laughs> disliked and liked because I got this cactus with five little hands like it has like these like little nubs so it's called Littlefinger <laughs> okay I, I think I understand <laughs> this reference outside of the fact that I Lord Baelish I still have only watched one total episode of Game of Thrones I'm just I'm slowly going through it's okay I'm on season three I'm getting harshly judged by a lot of friends but they're also really jealous because it's all new to me mm-hmm. and like they're like they've already gone through the experience so <clears throat> like it's like when I hear somebody like never watching like Harry Potter I'm mm-hmm. like what see I'm slowly going through those as well I'm on number. See, like you I'm have an entire five. world of experience that like has people that have made very a lot of people very happy. Yeah. But like you get to experience that, and like I don't get to like go back in time and like experience it for the first time. See, I am quite particular about watching Harry Potter these days. I don't want to just watch it. Like I'm not going to okay. turn it on when it's like sunny and nice out. I want it to be like I want it to be like rainy and cool outside, so I can start doing it for you. I know I should have done more. Yeah, we own them all on iTunes, and I have only watched four of them. Not because I don't like them or anything. Yeah, I just feel like when I get into it, I really want to set the mood for it. So you never read the books? I read the first book for a book report, and then I growing up, I just hated reading. I didn't like it, Uh, and it's kind of funny because then I turned into like working as a full time writer, and I was just like, like I don't know. (laughs) That's ironic. Yeah, I was like, this is weird, but I just hated reading and. I'm reading more and more now, but I, I just really hated it for my entire childhood and really? like high school and stuff. I'm trying to think. Like Harry Potter came out when I was like 19. Yes. So I read it as like a young adult. My f- my best friend <laughs> had the first Harry Potter book I ever saw, and it was like the British cover of it. Oh, wow. They got it at like, I don't even know where they got it from, but I remember seeing it being like, what's that? Like a book about wizards? No, thank you. <laughs> Like nerd. Sure enough, that worked out for <laughs> J.K. Rowling just a little bit. Yeah, she's like laughing all the way to the bank. Seriously. Uh, you said that you're a homebody. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like to entertain in your home or do you get tired of it because you're entertaining people out all the time? Um, no. So I do, I don't do it like a ton, but like when I do do it, I like to go, I don't want to say all out, but like, I like to, I like to like make it nice. Yeah. So we just had um, a Cinco de Mayo party. Um, so, and we just, I just redid our backyard cause our backyard was just like, ugly as sin it was just like dead grass so i think that's like every backyard in austin until someone's motivated enough to like fix it yeah so um i actually um with the help of a gentleman uh thanks ramon um (laughs) (laughs) i uh like you know we built out like a raised garden bed with you know i I did all texas native plants around the perimeter and then built out the this like paver section with this we basically built like a rebar concrete wall that was like an L shape and then we dyed it and then we built like a floating bench and then I put a fire pit because I, I love s'mores. Like yeah. it's one of my most favorite things ever. A little birdie told me that you like s'mores I a love, lot. It's just fun. It's like an outside activity. Do you go traditional or do you like mix it up at all? I, I like to mix it up. Um, so also um, every year I um, travel to this dude ranch called Paws Up in Montana. Mm-hmm. And Where um, in Montana? Um, it's by Missoula. Okay. My sister lives in Missoula and I make it up there about one one hundredth of how often I need to make it up there. I love it there. It's 
So this will be my third year going. And every year they bring me like for a different situation. Like the first year it was um, a Master Chef series. So it was me and like Kevin Galepsi from Atlanta. Like we just cooked for like 150 people for three nights. Yeah. Um, and then last year I did S'more Camp. So they also have they have these cabins. I know, right? Like my life was awful. I'd never wanted to go to summer camp as a kid or anything. Oh, I, and, totally like, I would totally go to S'more every Camp. Year. Every year as a kid for 13 years I went to camp. Um, Green family camp. Wonderful oh times. Did you go there? I didn't go to a Jewish camp. I went to Camp Longhorn. You went to go to Jewish camp. Well, you know what? It was really great and I felt really connected with my faith. And then I got to go to Israel when I was 15. Um, when I we'll was talk about this later. Oh, you did birthright? Yeah, right on. Okay. Right on, right on. Yeah, the tribe, we, we, yeah. we always had to converse. Um, I did go to Jew camp. Um, Anyway, so pause up. So last year they had like these. They, so they have cabins that you can stay in, um, and then you've got like these really awesome like glamping teepees. Like I mean, they're like gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so I would do two camps a night, and then we would do two different kind of s'mores. So I did like a starry night. So I had like a special like sprinkle mix that I had made from fancy sprinkles and like gold leaf, and it had like dulce de leche and bananas with like your regular chocolate and everything. And then we had. A peanut butter pretzel, a green apple mm-hmm. s'more. And that was like really Ooh. tasty because it was like crunchy and like tart with like okay. all the chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I would like show people, um, you know, and their kids like how to how to make s'mores, right? My laugh was so awful. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so with that, um, I really like s'mores. But really what it comes down to is um, when I first started dating my husband um, for Christmas, he I really wanted to go to Nashville. Um, and he booked us a trip to Nashville. And we stayed in this in East nashville there was this guy who had this huge backyard and he had this like camper trailer with like this outdoor bath but it was very like hemingway-ish and yeah. had this huge oak tree with a setup for um making a campfire and so he basically like went to the store and got like oreos and like all the different cookies and like we essentially made s'mores under the stars in nashville and i just that's where i fell in love with them i mean who doesn't like a good s'more right what would you say goes into a good dinner party um, the guest list okay. is important. Guest lists are tough with dinner parties. They really are. You don't want to slight anybody, but at the same time, it's kind of fun you can't to have hand too many people. It's fun to hand pick like who gets yeah. to go, and you're just like, oh, they could be fun together. Exactly. Like, I, so this last one was like, you know, it was a lot of like new friends that we made, mm-hmm. and then um, because like you know, you have like your group that you kind of you're always with, but it was like really strange. Like the last four weeks, I've been meeting a lot of like really awesome women that I was like, I could be friends with these people, and yeah. it's really hard. I, I feel. When you're, I, I'm nearing late 30s, it's hard for me to find women that I connect with on a level of like, we can be friends like legitimately. The older you get, the harder it is to look at somebody and say like, all right, I can be your friend. Yeah. I just feel like you, everyone feels like they don't have any time anyway. And so when you meet someone new, you kind of have to decide like, Are how far do time? I want to take this relationship? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're worth my time. How much time can I like... Agreed. An effort even. Yeah. It's, also, like, it's not like you're going to the bar and like doing shots and like getting crazy no, like, like you did in your 20s. You're like courting this person as your friend now. You know A what little I mean? bit. It's kind of like dating. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. So I, my husband and I had kind of met some new people. So I was kind of like, we're going to put all these people together and like, you know, could be great, could be not. Um, but I mean, they're all really cool. So it was just, it was nice. And like to see other people connect um, was really nice because it's sometimes it's just hard, but we grilled out. Um, we just bought like a brand new grill. Um, we ate like at 8.30. I was like, sorry, guys. We apparently don't know how to be timely. <laughs> um, but we had, you know, some people brought some some like guacamole and salsa. 
um, and I don't know, just like hung out. Like it's it's never like nothing crazy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Your husband made torchies. He made my husband works for Torchies, mm-hmm. so he made like the like Alotas like Torchies corn dish, which is really tasty. I, I that I have very few demands for our wedding next year. Yeah, but one of them is that I want that there. Oh really? I just love I love corn, and I didn't know anything about yeah. Mexican street corn before moving to Texas. The second I had it, I was like, this is heaven. It's so delicious. Like, I could eat. A bowl. Like we made some recently, and I ate the entire bowl. I was like, I can't stop it's eating. It's so this. easy. It's so easy. Well, if you do order from Torchies, please order from the Mueller location. Okay. That is where he is the general manager partner of. Deal. I will do that. Super nice dude. Nick Taylor. Just go see him. It's <laughs> <laughs> my little plug for Torchies. Um, you, so you've been on TV. You've been on cooking shows. Mm-hmm. Do you watch any cooking shows? Um, I don't. I actually don't watch shows related to food. It's like working at home? A little bit. Um, this sounds know, familiar, Alex. I know. I, I mean, I, I just watched the very, I, I just watched The Chef's Table for the very first time. Yeah. I watched the Sean Brock one. And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Sean Brock. I'm not saying it wasn't a good show, but it was just like, it's too much. I have, some I, mean? crit- I have some critiques I would like to send to Netflix in terms of Chef's Table. I, I I'm just, getting a little fed up with them. I so. I mean, the, the emotional and then like the, you know, I, I, I think it's great to educate people and mm-hmm. to... to to put somebody in the forefront and explain their story. But after a while, it just starts to get to be a little redundant. Yes. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't, like, it doesn't have to be this, like, love affair. It gets just, like, you really like, like, I really love food. And I really want to teach people how to make food and empower them to know yeah. how to make it and feel good about it and enjoy it. But it doesn't have to be about me all the time. Yeah. So after a while, it just, you know, it start, it's, I mean... I have to like t- tune it out sometimes. Yeah. I don't know what I have to do to get someone on this podcast that watches the Great British Baking Show. I like have just been yeah. begging for someone to. A lot of my friends do love it because um, they're like they're so nice and they're polite and it's funny, and I'm like you know I sure but like I'd rather watch like a drama television show. Yeah. Because I feel like that's my downtime. Yeah. Um. I guess it's kind of like like what I said earlier. I don't read, but I like to write. Right. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but I record like five a week. So mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe it's the same thing and I'm just thinking of it in the wrong terms. Um, uh, also, if you if you think about it, if you listen to a ton of podcasts, like, don't you think it might manipulate a little bit about how like you do yes. your podcast? Uh, when I first started writing full time, I had to stop reading what I was actually reading. So yes. I, I stopped reading completely anything else I saw online just because I didn't want my voice to turn into somebody else's voice. Yeah. I didn't want my concepts to skew too far to somebody else. And mm-hmm. so I had to wash myself of everything. I just like yeah. deleted my bookmarks bar on my browser. Right. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Or else yeah, because just... you don't want to be manipulated. Yeah, and I don't want to be unknowingly. swayed. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. like unknowingly be swayed in a direction that I didn't want to go in. It's a lot more fun just to like do it for yourself and hope that other people like it than it is to cater to a uh, bunch yeah. of people. You say that for everything. Yeah, like. not everyone has that luxury. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite food city? Oh, man. I've asked this question to like three people, and every single time people get the same demeanor that you have right now. Right now, I would say Los Angeles is my favorite. Okay. Um, yeah, because I like... One, like their pastry scene is just insane. Like I went there last See, year and if I had I'm one glad I'm with you right now. Because like I need, to know, I need to know places that have like the best pastry scene. Like if I had one more incredible croissant, I was literally going to shoot myself in the face. Because <laughs> I was like, what have I been doing my whole life? Like 
it was just so good. Yeah. Um, and their spaces are beautiful, but like airy, airy, and like you want to be there, and they're comfortable, and they're not pretentious. Yeah. Um, like I want to live there. Whereas you know, I grew up in fine dining, mm-hmm. and it's you know like kind of cold. And it's very like, you know, buttoned up. And as I get older, like, I don't, I don't want to live like that. Like, I'm not saying it's okay once in a while, but like, I really like comfortable, polished, like we know our shit places, but like, we don't have to like give off that air of like, I don't need to you know, only a sport ser- coat to go there. Yeah. So I just, I, I love, I guess the, the relaxed nature, but like, it's still, it's still really nice. It's yeah. not like, you know, everyone's wearing flip flops, mm-hmm. um, nothing against flip flops. But sometimes it's just nice not to see them at a restaurant. <laughs> um, like yesterday, I was at Commodore and I look over and someone's wearing flip flops, and I was like, "Okay, guy, like get it together." That's Austin. Um, I was at a restaurant yesterday and a guy walked in barefoot. Come on. Okay. And I no shoes, no shoes, no service. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, and I thought it was raining. Maybe he was just letting his shoes dry, but then he went to the bathroom without his shoes on too, and I had to look away. <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, bare feet in restaurants don't really mix. <laughs> That's also probably a liability. I mean, yeah. I can't even like I love like my money like I restaurant know. size I like is that looking. even liable? Um, so I would say Los Angeles. Now, as far as the world, oh, I don't know. Like next, like in three weeks, I'm going to Tokyo, and I really mm. like the food there. I'm, have you been? The before? Pastry, oh, so yes, you've been and before. the pastries are like, oh my god. That's number one on my travel list right now. Yeah, and I don't know. We're not gonna be able to do it this year. Next year's a stretch. I just like I I have to go and do it. It's it's wonderful. Like I went, I want to say like nine years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago, um, and it was lovely. It was really hard to get around. I felt I felt like the language barrier was just like a little tough for me. Okay. And like, I had been traveling. I traveled to through Southeast Asia for like four months. Yeah. And I, I granted I can't speak the language, but like they like made an effort. Whereas I felt in my experience they were not very friendly when it came to like helping a white girl out. Yeah. Now my husband speaks fluent Japanese, so it's going to be way easier now. Oh yeah, that, that should help out the just uh, yeah. a little bit. Oh yeah, I was just like, great. So it's going to be a lot of me being like, <laughs> like looking at him, looking at them, yeah. looking Excuse at them, okay, looking at him. So it's going to be a lot of that. I'll probably be like the quietest I've ever been for two weeks um, when we go to Japan. We also just went to Montreal and um, the food there is incredible. I had mm-hmm. some really incredible meals there. And the Mexico City, I think is one of my most... I didn't love their pastries as much as I love their food. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm going to fall into a Mexico City trip like in the near future. It's so inexpensive. Yeah. It's easy to fly out of San Antonio if you're coming from Austin. It's, it's faster and less expensive. Um, they, it, it's a lovely metropolitan city. It is vibrant and beautiful. The food is gorgeous. The people are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it is probably one of my most favorite places in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got to do that too. Yeah, and it's easy. Like you could do three days. You could just, you know, just mm-hmm. do a little jaunt and then come back and then do another six months. I know. And being in Austin or like San Antonio, yeah. it's like the perfect place to go. Like yeah, it's just so, fly like, down and do Mexico it. Mexico in general, like Tulum and Akumal, like uh, I love all those places. Yeah, I just got back from Todos Santos a couple weeks ago and Ugh. we had a blast there. Yeah. And it's kind of like off the grid, nice. It was fun. Um, I want to ask you some Sunday Scaries questions. I ask these to every guest. It's not rapid fire, but we can make it as rapid fire as we want. Do you experience Sunday scaries? Um, I usually have Monday off, so no. That's perfect. That's the, <laughs> the best way to avoid it is by having Monday off. Yeah. 
I mean, so everybody take Monday off, and then you won't have Sunday scaries anymore. But, but then you have like Saturday I, scaries. I and do every other I, day. I do week. have next like, day next day scaries, and so I and have the habit of taking Zequil. Oh, there you so go. So I can actually sleep. I'm a, I'm I've a had a Zequil stage. I'm not in it now. I'm but currently in it. I definitely had a Zequil stage. I'm definitely. I buy like the double pack. See, I was more of the. <laughs> so. I was more of just pure fluid guy. Oh. I don't mind the medicine-y like little shots yeah. that you take. So like when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm on the double. Pack. I like to eat foods that I shouldn't be eating. So I take a lot of Pepto-Bismol because oh. I get like acid reflux. So I experienced it for the very first time a month ago. And I was like, what? Did you know exactly what it was? No. Oh, see, I thought I had food poisoning or something. When someone told me about heartburn, I was like, I've never had that before. And then like two years later, I was like, this is what they're talking about. I'm dying. I was shocked. Like, I'm not going to get into it, but it was pretty gnarly. It stinks. Um, it's the worst. I What's, wish it was food poisoning, actually. Do you have a Sunday or, I guess, a normal day of the week that has stuck out as like, I really i am frightened to go to work tomorrow? Um, I'm never... I wouldn't say I'm frightened to go to work mm-hmm. ever. Um, I do get anxiety as far as like what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say Friday, Saturday are, are those days. Those are our busiest days. It's yeah. like making sure everything... Everyone has what they need. All the staff shows up. The chefs are in a good mood. The front of house, everyone shows up. Those are those are like our big days. And I'm like, please, baby Jesus, let please go, go well. well. <laughs> you know. So because you have because you work Sundays, mm-hmm. what's your ideal Monday? Ideal Monday is I wake up around eight thirty. Let my dog. Is out. that sleeping in for you? Or is that normal? For That's you? normal. Okay. Uh no, I usually wake up like at seven. I always think it's fun. it's a like, little sleeping in. Sleeping in like used to be like noon, and now it's yeah, like now, now it's it's like... Like someone says eight thirty, and you're like, yeah, that might be sleeping in. That's a little sleeping. Yeah, I get like extra hour and a half, and then I'll, I'll usually go work out. Okay. It's the first thing I like to get to check that off my list, and I'll probably like, go get a juice. Um, and then either it's like if my husband's off, like maybe we'll go get like lunch together. I like to go to the park with my dog, like Red Bud Trail. I like a whole lot, um, with her and her crazy muzzle where she looks like Hannibal Lecter dog. <laughs> what um, kind of dog is it? She is a pit bull. Oh, I like pit bulls. And she's the cutest pit bull ever. She just has some emotional baggage, um, <laughs> to say the least. Don't we all? Um, right. So it's just she's like everybody else. Um, you know like to cook at home, spend time with family. Like our, our, my in-laws just moved um, close to us from Iowa, and then my brother-in-law and his girlfriend, Lily, live here. Um, and so I like to hang out with them, to be honest, go see a movie, just like really chill, like nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Like a lot of times on my days off, it's like I've got like errands to run, and like I'm running from one thing to another to another. And if I could just have a day off where like I don't have anything on my agenda, like I don't have to you know, fix something in the house or I don't have to go to a doctor's appointment or like go pick up my contacts or something. Yeah. It's a win. Yeah. But usually I'm like always just booked with stuff or like I'm doing extra work stuff on the side Mm -hmm. or I'm just trying to catch up. Um, So if it's just a day literally for me, then it's a win. Yeah. Doesn't happen a lot though. That works. If I opened your refrigerator right now, what would I find in it? It's so full. Oh my God. It's so full. Um, you'd find leftovers from Commodore because I literally almost exploded last night from all the food that I ordered. You would find um, what else would you find? You would find like all the condiments, like big condiments, like five different types of mustards. Okay. You know, um, you'd probably find like cornichons and lots of pickles. Um, you would find Capri Sun. <laughs> really? Yes. 
that's I'm like got a new thing where like I for our fourth or not fourth July for the Cinco de Mayo party I bought Capri Suns in case like anybody like brought their kids or like anybody who wasn't drinking yeah and so I, and now no one really drink it but me so so now you're just a Capri Sun yeah. person I think it's delicious it's a nice little treat um, I haven't had one in forever you should treat yourself the mango you passion fruit is delicious and they, it kind of takes you back to second grade to like get the straw in I was pretty good at getting the straw in yeah well. Try again. Oh, is it tougher now? Sometimes no, but you just like you kind of go through the back and you're like, shit. And, like, yeah. Oh, see, that's you the like, issue. do the angle. I've gotten pretty good at it, but um, and then I, I, we have like a little miniature fridge upstairs. Um, so when we're lazy, we don't have to like walk all the way downstairs. That's a pro move. What's in the miniature <laughs> fridge upstairs? Um, we've got beer and vermouth. Okay. Because <laughs> I like, I don't, I'm not a big drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy vermouth. My my mentor, she's this little tiny French lady. Whenever I'd go to her house to like hang out or come up with menus, like we would drink vermouth. So she kind of really turned me on to that. Whoa. And so um, if you go to like Austin Shaker, they have like an incredible selection of like all these different vermouths. So. See, vermouth is like the one liquor where I can say I know nothing about it. I mean, I wouldn't say I know a ton. I'm just an avid fan. So like I would go to Austin Shaker yeah. and I was trying to do this thing where like I would buy two different ones that I didn't know a month. Um, but I don't really go through two bottles a month yeah. unless it's a really rough month, but I haven't been doing that. Also, like they're like, they can range from like, you know, $40 to like yeah, 80. So, yeah. you know, it's a lot of money to spend. So it's like probably every, every quarter we'll buy like three different bottles. Yeah. And there's like one that's my favorite that like I'll generally always have on standby. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's just with a little bit of ice and an orange peel and away you go. That sounds pretty refreshing. It's really nice. And it's good like before dinner, after dinner, during dinner. What's your ideal relaxation outfit? Sweatpants, like anybody else. Um, like a really comfy oversized shirt yes. and like probably like loose shorts. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, by no means, am I, I'm not fashionable. I'm not, like, I'm kind of, I guess, maybe a tomboy. Like, so my friends like to joke that, um, and this might be a little crass, but they say that my style is lesbian chic. <laughs> Um, because it's like kind of athletic. Like I yeah. like somewhat of an athletic build of a body. I'm not super... would, I think my friends would say that about me. <laughs> awesome. So that's going to be my new line of clothing wear. It's called lesbian chic. Um, so I just like it to be comfortable. Um, and you know, like it looks nice, nice material. Yeah. You know, I just, I like I'm, bi- I'm a big material person. Yeah. I don't like... wear like heel. I don't wear like, like stiletto shoes. Like I'm, I'll never be that person. Yes. And I think it's beautiful when I see women doing, I'm like, I applaud them. Like, good for you. Like you look beautiful. I know how you're walking on those stilts. It's just not me. I feel like gross when I walk into stores because I just grab, I just am yeah, you're feeling the materials and, and I'm like, I feel bad. Cause like they probably don't want me just doing that to everything. Well, that's the point. But yeah, it like, I just, you have to know. And yeah. so like, again, like I said, we I, I will groundhog clothes. The shirt that I'm wearing, I have like pants in this material. I have yeah. numerous shirts in this material. It's just... You like what you like. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, do you drink coffee? And if so, how do you take your coffee? I do not drink coffee. See, what the hell? You two are so I similar. I didn't know this either. Really? We have the same... Okay. Can I, you're an avid coffee drinker? Coffee? I'm not like an <laughs> avid coffee drinker, but I have one cup a day. And I guess would that would that count as avid? It doesn't taste good. Explain to me. Because like, the thing is, like, when you smell it, it's like, it's like my husband loves coffee. Like, it smells he grinds amazing. It and it smells so good. I'm like, oh, it smells like chocolate notes and caramel and da-da-da-da-da. And then I put it in my mouth. I'm like, this doesn't taste the same. like garbage. Yeah. I, I understand the sentiment here. I get where you're coming from. That being said, I 
I kind of think of it in the same way that I think of like whiskey or vodka. Like if you, you to give, grow into it. as a little kid, when I was like, if my dad would give me a sip of something, <laughs> oh, I'd be like, when I was four and I was drinking whiskey. Yeah, it's like, but my dad would give me a sip of something. And I think he did it because he knew I would hate it and it would deter right. me from ever wanting it. And right. so like, but now I've grown into it. And now I'm like, there's certain moods where I'm like, Ooh, like a whiskey neat would be pretty good right now. Maybe mm-hmm. watching Harry Potter, you never know. <laughs> and so I, I just equate it to that in terms of liking the flavor. And now I really, I do, I take my coffee black and I just wow. do it. See, I, I like coffee if it has like a lot of cream and sugar, but then it's a frappuccino. So that's not yeah. really a coffee. However, there is, um, in Mexico City, I had, it's called Café de Olla. So it's like coffee that they brew with like, um, there's like a special like, uh, like, it's called, I think it's called Pionchio, but I'm probably mispronouncing it because I'm like the worst person pronouncing anything. But it's essentially like dark brown sugar. Yeah. And they have like cinnamon and orange peel. And it's it's delicious. And that I was like, I can get down with that yeah. every day. Um, but like this regular coffee. And like the thing is like coffee beans are so similar actually as far as their production to cacao chocolate beans. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of reverence and like respect for coffee. I really do. I want to love it. I just don't like I love applying it to pastry uh-huh. like that to me it tastes so good but like just it plain I mean I I just can't get on board I I'm not gonna fault you for that I can a lot of people do a lot of people it's like but then like like Mignana is like one of my, like our favorite co- my favorite concept that we have and I've spent so much time building Mignana and and the brand and like what it is and it's it's a coffee shop with pastries yeah um and I love it and I would love to have more of them I kind of I I think I actually told this to Alex. I like the, I think I like the process of getting coffee just as much or more as drinking coffee. Like I like going I to get coffee. I like yeah. making it at home. Mm-hmm. I like the actions surrounding coffee and maybe it's like, like the vibe that it has or yep. like meeting someone for coffee or something like that. Like there's just something relaxing about it because I, I associate it with like a, a slow morning right. or like a conversation or something like that. And so I might just have more of an emotional connection, but I think a lot of people do. I mean, yeah. that's why coffee does so well. Like it's, it's I mean, how like many the coffee most, shops? It's like the most overpriced like commodity in the world. Well, I mean, if, I mean, if you're getting lattes and stuff, dairy is not. If you're getting good dairy, oh, it's I just not mean like a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee, like sure. making a like making a coffee bean does not really cost that much money. It depends on like how they do it. I'd have to. I'd have to see some numbers. We we can dive into the numbers after we record today. Wait, I'm gonna need a full number. Back to Mignana. Um, I have to bring up my favorite <laughs> thing cupcake. that Amanda has ever made. That she, after I met her, she told me about this cake in a cup at Mignana, and I it's like a jar, like a talenti sized jar with layers of cake, icing, passion fruit. I got the cookie it's dough the, one. It's the uh, I think it's Cookie Monster. Yeah, is that what's called. Um, like I ate the whole thing in one night <laughs> and I, it is the, that is what made me think Amanda is like one of the best pastry chefs. Like flipping my hair right I now. might need to go get this. It is, so we've got three different kinds right now. It's so scary so this, how good it is. This idea was born out of a need to use those jars. Like we had these oh. extra jars um, from an event that we did. And we usually do like this, like we did for the first year last year, we did this Thanksgiving marketplace. So we did like um, potato salad and like jus and things like that so people could have either snacks or when they're creating their Thanksgiving meal because like usually like when you're and that's usually me are making Thanksgiving you don't eat all day because you've been cooking and mm-hmm. then, then you're like angry by the time the food comes out so I was trying to like come up with like things like you can snack on this while you're cooking yeah and it's easy and you don't have to make it and then also we were applying things like pies and 
croutons and jus that you can make with your or stock that you can make with your gravy so to help you know bump up your thanksgiving experience but we had these jars i'm going back to these jars sorry long story made longer and i was looking at it, i'm like okay so i have a hundred of these like what do i do with this so i was like you know um i'm gonna make cupcakes but they're gonna be cake in a cup mm-hmm. which you know this is not the first time somebody's done this um rebecca mason from um, shout out to rebecca mason from fluff bake bar um she has been doing this for years um and i was on top chef with her so i'm aware of like her menu yeah um so um we made three different kinds b day every day because who doesn't like funfetti cake um then Ooh. we made a banana cream pie because i actually got inspired when i had just been in new orleans um i did a dinner at emerald so it was like banana cream pie is like very prominent there mm-hmm and that goes really well, like in a Vereen style. Um, and then we made this cookie monster cake, which um, we have this ice cream called Cookie Monster, which we fold in homemade cookie butter. So essentially, I made like a, like a vanilla cake with like miniature chocolate chip cookies. And then we had the cookie butter. And then we wanted, it's a lot of fat. So mm-hmm. we made a passion fruit curd to kind of help cut fat. So it's okay. like acidity with fat, with cookie and vanilla and chocolate. And then we made a cookie... Um, we call it toasted milk. So it's just basically like crumbled up cookies, but just not, the texture is a lot nicer than like crumbled up cookies and you just layered it. And so it's $10, but it's like, it's a, and no, I'm not going to call you out, but it's a pretty sizable portion. (laughs) Um, probably meant for two. I think I could probably eat it in one sitting from the sounds of it. I could definitely eat on my own, but we just did a special one. We did strawberry and cream one for mother's day. Um, you can get in our retail section, um and it's there yeah i would have day. never gone to the coffee shop at south congress hotel to get cake in a cup so yeah. until you told me and now it's i have so face-offs good. with it I'm like, <laughs> like i can I'm just see gonna... i can just see you like looking at it, like dude and like you're like i literally have i'm like i'm gonna get the water we had our engagement party at south congress hotel and no one pissed at the word cake in a cup there now you know this is on me i did most i did a bunch of the everybody you have been warned no one gave me a heads up yeah Mm. well here's here's your official heads up um you can get cake and a cup amongst all the other delicious treats at minyana um you know and i and i know it's they're ten dollars and it might sound pretty hefty but when you see how big this is and like how many serving sizes and you can reuse the jar it's uh and like there's all these different like components in it, it's it's actually quite a deal. I'm gonna have to go there today. <laughs> Let's go now. I might need to, yeah, I, I might need to make an excuse to head over that direction. Which one do you think you'd be more into? I think the funfetti cake. Yeah, I, and it has like a little raspberry jam because again the acidity with all the fat. I l- very much like raspberries as well. My yeah. mom grew up picking fresh raspberries when they were in season, and like it's her favorite fruit. And I, that sounds like it would be right it, up my it's alley. It's definitely the sweeter of all of them. Yeah. Like I, I tend I have a tendency to like non-sweet desserts. Yeah. Um, but we made like a marshmallow fluff buttercream with it. So it's like, I mean, it's, it's sweet. It's funfetti. People like when people ask the question, like, do you like sour, sweet, whatever? Like I have no discrimination when it comes yeah, to desserts. Like I'll eat sugar. pretty much anything when it comes to candy. Like I'll eat anything. Oh, I really? really like sour candy, but I mean, see, I'm not really into like Skittles, Twizzler. I got Twizzlers cause they're texture, mm-hmm. but I don't like the sugary candy. I like the fatty, like Snickers bar, Kit Kat, mm-hmm. Twix, like I'll throw down. But if it's like, you know, if someone gave me a handful of Skittles, I'd be like, no. Oh, see, I'm I'm just everything. Okay, like I'll right. put so, my yeah, I'll put my Halloween it. sack out there and just take anything like, that you have in your house. Out. What yeah. about Tootsie Rolls? Oh, uh, I mean, like if 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 there's nothing and no, else. No, okay, so you are discriminating against Tootsie Rolls. No, I'm not. If there's like, I mean, like I will eat a Tootsie Roll before before I will eat nothing. I mean, if like I would rather have a Tootsie Roll than no candy at all. 
The only thing I Smarties? Is that the one with like the little oh, pixie sticks? I like You'll the eat red that? one. Uh, pixie sticks, no. No, okay. no powder. No powder. No powder. Stuff. Like, I'm not going to do fun dip or anything like that. Oh, that was actually kind of fun. I like fun dip. It's like eating a piece of chalk covered in, like, the dust that the chalk The made. dust is fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amanda, thank you so much for My hopping pleasure. on with me. I really appreciate it. Alex, you hardly said anything, but know, also for the second for time ever, thank you. <laughs> thank she you. keeps me in line. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And that's that. Whee! If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter, which is at SundayScaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at WillToFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.